everybody and welcome back to another episode of Quentin Quarantino. Today, it's another fake from film. I'll be running you through some of the strangest things from an actor's filmography, but there's a sneaky fake movie hiding in the ranks and it's my co-host's job to guess which it is. Harder still, because they don't even know which actor it is. So with me today, it's the whole crew. We've got Finn. Hello. We've got Fraser. Hello, hello. And we've got Jack. I am being held here against my will. <laughs> what, held at your house? <laughs> yeah, is it, wait, who's the hostage? Like, Don't forget to tape the hostage's mouth again. Jack, this isn't the best way to get out a coded message. No, exactly. This is not the way to disseminate it to the I'm police. I'm sure our listeners have a high enough IQ to decode any message I, you offer. To be fair, just... I think we have been reported to the police numerous times. Maybe it'll have got back to them. Anyway. Let's let's start, shall we? So, on today's episode, we're going to be covering someone with a pretty strong filmography of movies. They range from okay to, to Marvel to amazing. He's been featured on this podcast precisely three times, or possibly more. I don't know, because <laughs> I don't listen to this shit. Uh, it's the coolest man alive, as voted by me just now. Uh, also, the highest grossing actor of all time, not adjusting for inflation, according to the Guinness World Records and Wikipedia, having appeared oh, in movies with collective earnings of over $27 billion, and only partly thanks to his stint as pirate clutching railing at funeral in Avengers Endgame. Uh, but hey-ho, who are you going to believe, them or me? Well, neither of us, because we both use unacceptable run-on sentences. It's, it's Samuel L. Jackson. We're doing Samuel L. Jackson. Was that, who you yeah. was that who you thought it was, Congratulations. Fraser? That's exactly who I thought it was. <laughs> nice. That's right. Samuel Lettuce Jackson, as no one calls him because it's not his name, has been in some amazing movies. He probably shows up somewhere in everyone's top ten list. I'm sure that that's the case for us, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the film. some of the films we've talked about, really. Many of the films we've talked about. Many of the films we've talked about, I'd argue. Um, so particular highlights can include Jurassic Park, a movie even I have seen, the Incredibles, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and movies from some indie director I'm not very familiar with called Qu- Quorntown Trench in Toronto. I think that's Oh, God. Um, and also... <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and also, lots and lots and lots and lots of other movies. And actually, to be honest, his filmography is, is really quite strong. Uh, so choosing the movies for this was hard, but choose I have. So let's please tell me Stakes and Quaid is involved in this somehow. Please tell me Stakes. Well, I'm not going to say anything, but I think when you get to the summary, and none of them involve fair, snakes I think being that on one's a plane. Going to be pretty solid to guess. <laughs> there are snakes on a plane. Ah, there's which a, there is an a, there's an aviator that has struggling with reptiles. <laughs> with, reptiles. Uh, <laughs> with legless reptiles, but they and they could be those legless lizards, or they could be snakes. Um, serpents on a seafaring vessel <laughs> he says a lot of bad words alligators about a on a boat animals stuck on a plane do you know what actually i'll say something in fact talking about, about samuel jackson he had a really bad stutter when he was younger um and he uses the word motherfucker it like helps him um like break the stutter that's amazing which is really cool isn't it i read a couple of interviews with him about that um right so are you ready for the first film yeah go for it. absolutely okay guys so this stars a guy called Hulk McCallany as Les. It stars Sam Rockwell, um, who I have heard of, as One-Eye Jimmy. Steve Buscemi as Ed oh. Hoyt. And Samuel L. Jackson as Colonel Ron. I want to see this film. I, uh, If it's real, I want to see it. And if it's fake, I still want to yeah, see it. I still um, want to see it either way. The that's film... a good cast. Sam Rockwell, Steve Buscemi. Mm. That's, Samuel that's, L. Jackson. That's good. Samuel L. Jackson, exactly. Yeah. 
So the film opens in Brooklyn, uh, New York, not Beckham, uh, where film student Les has returned to shoot a short film. He starts interviewing people around the town, and he starts with a big-headed man called Joe Head for no apparent reason. When they hear that a man with one eye, called One-Eye Jimmy again for no apparent reason, has gone missing, they decide to change the film into like kind of a docudrama where they go and try and find him. And during this time, they go through kind of loads and loads of weird people, uh, sort of following Jimmy's trail from person to person. You've seen it in movies before. Um, so, like, oh, here's the person who last heard Jimmy. Here's the person. Oh, I know I saw him with this guy. Oh, okay, no, I saw him with her. So you start with Jimmy's brother, who doesn't really care that Jimmy's gone missing. Then we get to Disco Bean, a man trapped in an abandoned building who has been cursed to dance for all eternity. Uh, then we get to Colonel Ron, who is Samuel Jackson, uh, a toothless Vietnam vet who catches fish from the Goanus Canal, a canal Wikipedia describes as incompatible with marine life. Uh, Lefty and Junior are two men who are locked in internal battle about car theft. You then meet a loan shark who's named without irony or thought for zoological accuracy, the snake, when he clearly should have been called the lemon or the dogfish. Apparently, he was previously called the whale before he lost weight, which is better because whale shark is a type of shark. Um, they also meet a psychic, and then Jimmy's mother and the shit artist that she's for some reason hired to draw a missing poster rather than, you know, using a photo. Um, which is, I love that. That's so weird. Um, to help fill her grief, Jimmy's mum organises a house party in Jimmy's honour. And conveniently, just just conveniently, she just happens to invite everyone who's been in the film so far. Even Disco Bean, who you imagine is trapped in the cursed building. Um, anyway, then Jimmy shows up. He'd been stuck in the, ba- in the basement apartment of his building for three days with nothing to eat but cat food, uh, which does remind me of lockdown week three. Uh, he's been traumatised by a lack of beer and cable TV, very much channeling Homer Simpson in the shining episode of The Simpsons. No TV and no beer and lots of cat food make Jimmy go crazy. That's my terrible Homer Simpson impression, and that's the end of the first movie. I didn't know Yogi Bear was in this. <laughs> hey, Bubble, I've been trapped in a third floor apartment. This is this is a very confusing film. No. How, how many of these are supposed to be fake? Is it, is it two or one? <laughs> one. one. <laughs> oh God, we're in for this. Is going to be difficult. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're all really weird. They're all super weird. I, I, it, it feels like this one. It's very much kind of like the sort of thing you see in an episode of The Simpsons or something. Um, yeah, which I, the, could, the, could the way that it starts out as one real. thing, then changes to another, and it's just lots of weird quirky characters. Um, yeah, okay. So should we go on to the next one? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. This actually has uh, more more people you've heard of. It stars uh, Ryan Reynolds as Turbo. Oh, Paul, I love this. One. You, yeah, yeah. I thought this one might be obvious. Paul Giamatti as Chet, or oh, it could be fake. Um, Samuel Jackson as Whiplash. And Snoop Dogg as Smooth Move, an extremely flexible snail. This will make moderately more sense in context. Let's go. We begin in a small tomato garden in the big city of Los Angeles. A snail called Theo has nicknamed himself Turbo in the same way that all lonely nerds give themselves cool nicknames. (laughs) We can all relate. He wishes to be the greatest racer in the world, like his hero and definitely not villain of this movie, Guy Gagne. This behaviour renders him an outcast and an embarrassment. Again, I think we can all relate. Anyway, he wishes on an aeroplane in the middle of a freeway, gets sucked into a Chevrolet Camaro and has his DNA fused with nitrous oxide. 
Instead of dying immediately, as he would mm. if new compounds were integrated into his entire genetic structure, this blasphemy unto God survives and promptly causes a single tricycle pileup in the garden with his newfound super speed. For this, he loses his weird snail job that I can only imagine consists of making slime and fearing salt. And then Jack probably laughs because of his how much he loves it when snails touch salt. <laughs> no, I like snails. It's slugs that I like watching foam up and die. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Then. Wait, you add salt to slugs for fun? That's a previous that's episode horrific. of this podcast. No, not for fun, but you make like lines of salt around things that you want them to not eat. <laughs> Whoa! That's, that's, you're thinking of demons, I think, Jack. You're thinking of demons. <laughs> um, Eggshells works too. <laughs> eggshells make... egg are way less cruel, though. They probably don't make the slugs explode, do they? The eggshells. Doesn't make them explode, no. no. It's kind of like the difference between putting barbed wire around something or lacing the fence that isn't barbed with a neurotoxin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. His brother Chet is kidnapped by a crow. And Turbo saves him, only for them to both be captured by Tito, the taco truck driver, and forced to compete in a snail race. He wins, and the other racers, who are led by Samuel L. Jackson's character Whiplash, begin to call him Turbo. The snails then begin their war on humanity, destroying all who stand in their way in a brutal and bloody conquest. It's what I wish I could say. Instead, they help bring business to Tito's taco store. Hey... Turbo convinces Tito to enter him in the Indy 500. Oh, oh yeah, also snails can speak English. Uh, that was an important detail. This is, okay, it's it's, it's, it's B-movie B- B- level then, basically. Yeah, that, I probably should have said that. Anyway, he manages to gain entry by achieving speeds of 226 miles an hour, for which he would obviously be immediately dissected if this was real. Um, but he doesn't. He manages to get entry into the Indy 500. But later that night, Turbo then sneaks out to meet with Guy Gagne, who demoralises him. Guy Gagne is the villain... Th- villain of the movie everyone who knew the next day turbo stumbles wait sorry can snails stumble if they only have one foot probably i'm probably i'm not an etymologist if they did they'd just completely flip over because they've got nothing else <laughs> holding them to the ground so they just they just flip <laughs> like a like horrible a 180 yeah, yeah yeah like like a proper really bad car crash in one of these um that's like flipping and rolling over the snails need a ro- maybe that's what's in their shell a roll cage <laughs> anyway, what's I saying? What were we saying? Oh yeah, snails. Somebody got snails. Snail go fast. Snail go fast. Yeah. So Turbo gets a pep talk from Samuel L. Jackson. Lightning the snails. Lightning the snails. Starts. To... <laughs> Sorry, that really got me. Uh, he starts to win after his pep chart pep pep talk, but is slightly crushed by Guy Gagne's car. There's then a massive pileup in which I can only imagine most of the other competitors die. It causes Turbo <laughs> to lose his speed but he's reinvigorated by all his snail friends who arrive on a crow army. But now I'm wondering why they didn't just like fly the crows to Indianapolis from the start, rather than having to walk through two movies to take them to... Oh, no, sorry, no, wait. Wrong, wrong franchise. Anyway, Turbo wins. Snail racing becomes a national sensation. The snails receive propulsion units and are finally able to rise up and crush humanity. Except, except not, not that last bit. The movie just ends. The only problem with snails is how slow they are. Yeah. So once they break that issue, they are truly the dominant they don't, life form. They don't need the opposable thumbs uh, to dominate. It turns out there are there are species of kind of bird that have no like native predator, and then these slugs got introduced or snails, and they just like eat their chicks, and the mums just let them because they just haven't they don't evolved. To... Like, oh, they're keeping them warm. I just, I, I don't, just, yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing where evolution typically 
deals with it when it happens naturally, but when there's suddenly a million slugs on the island, it's hard to do that. Okay, great. So that is that second film. Um, now, don't say anything, but Phaser, you think that one's real, don't you? I think I know which one's real. Which one's yeah, do you guys all think... This one's pretty easy so far. I'm with, I'm with Fraser on this so far because... No, I can't say why. I'm not going to give my reason why. No, you but, don't want to uh, give any... Give any I know for sure that one of the last two is real. Yeah, well, that's that narrows it down. A very 50-50 guess. I'm not saying anything because no. I already know which I think, one's real. Wait, Finn, do you also think you know? I know, I know one of them's real. I don't, okay, I don't do you guys want to just... Do you guys I just... think we may as well all say it. Like, we all... We all remember Turbo being in the cinema, don't we? <laughs> it's not that I remember long ago. Being, being advertised, but I didn't know it had Samuel Jackson. I didn't know anything about it other than it was. It might be a trick. Maybe it doesn't awful. have Samuel Jackson. It could be a he's, trick. And I fuck- he's just bargaining on us not having watched it. <laughs> do you genuinely believe I would have rewritten? You can believe if you want, but do you genuinely think I would have rewritten, very, very slightly rewritten the plot of Turbo for my fake movie? <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, the movie's called Fast Snail, actually, guys. It was written by me. No, yeah. no, no, you kept everything the same. You just Fast, Samuel Jackson just to a movie. Right, on to the third film. This is another animated movie. I should have said the previous one was animated as well. And stars Samuel Jackson as Lynx, Tardasaurs as Lynx's image, Cillian Murphy as Patrick the Rat, Patrick Warburton as inexplicably advisor to King Henry VIII Thomas Cromwell, uh, John Colshaw and Tracy Ullman, the Impressionists, as The Sins, all of whom uh, are shown as kind of different feline species. Uh, John Coleshaw voices gluttony, envy and pride. Ullman voices lust, greed and wrath. What about sloth, you say? We'll get to sloth. Okay, plot summary. The film opens, if you can believe it, which you don't have to, because it could be fake, with a cat playing in the sand. Just lazing about. Doing nothing. Okay, that might not be too shocking. But you know what is shocking? What's going on in the background? It, it's it's the crucifixion of Jesus, guys. What the um, fuck? As he is crucified, the cat is splashed with some of the blood. Oh this is the catalyst God. for the movie, because in the same way that the Spear of Destiny, um, you know, the one that was used to pierce Jesus' side, is it's kind of a mystical artifact, is blessed. Lynx the cat is then entwined with God also. Lynx is gifted with immortality. He doesn't age, but I should point out, he can be killed. Uh, although, he does have Nine lives. See what they did there. Uh, Anyway, his first few centuries are uneventful. In the way these animated movies do, we kind of get a montage. So he bums around the world, showing his presence throughout history um, in this like montage. So he's present at the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, which he very hilariously calls the Council of Nicaea. Uh, people that don't know Council of Nicaea was where they kind of decided a lot of the um, had to look this up the sort of tenets of Christianity. Um, it was a big congress of lots of different kind of kingdoms, I think. Uh, he's a knight at King Arthur's court where he pisses in Lancelot's armour and uses the sword in the stones as a scratching post. He's actually present, um, I'm impressed by this, at the, at the Battle of Hastings and he tries to warn Harold about the oncoming arrow and he fails. But then afterwards, in true cat fashion, he ruins something valuable by shredding the bayo tapestry with his claws. Like how cats do to you. I think you're going to say he like, knocked something off the side, like just... Well, what's the fate? Or like fair, maybe what's... just started eating Harold as soon as he died. <laughs> no, they wait a few hours. Scientific studies. Yeah, it's only like two or three hours, and then <laughs> they're like, hours, they're like delicious. Yep, time. This I watched Train now. Spotting for the first time last night. What do you think? And of there's, it? oh, it's brilliant. It's so good. But in that, the, the cat. I was like, of course, the cat's going to be okay. 
course the cat's going to be okay. Anyone who's watched Train Spotting, they know what I'm talking about. So the fourth movie, Train Spotting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, anyway, we finally reach, reach Tudor England and the dissolution of the monasteries. Turns out this movie is quite Catholic. We see Thomas Cromwell in the process of breaking up a monastery. Coincidentally, the, the one where Lynx is currently living, helping with their rat problem, you know, because he's a cat. Anyway, Tommy, uh, so or Thomas Cromwell, who's portrayed here with the grace of a bull family visiting the Museum of Broke, Breakable China, uh, trips over a rat named Patrick and destroys a mysterious sphere, releasing the seven deadly sins into the world. Lynx <laughs> is then tasked by the Pope... To travel around the world with the Spear of Destiny and defeat the Sins. He's okay. assisted. Yes? Does this imply that before this point, the Seven Deadly Sins didn't exist in the world? No, they did. Like they were, Pandora's they were in... box, it was sealed, and there was no sloth, no gluttony, no wrath, no... No, I think, I think just the personification of the Sins were imprisoned in the little sphere, uh, or golden artifact that was in this monastery. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen this. Um... So maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe it is an ideal world before Thomas Cromwell came along. That might align with the message of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem to be very pro-Roman Catholic. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure it was made in association with the church, actually. Anyway, he has to on an immortal cat. Anyone ever heard of Unsinkable Sam? No. There's a real, practically immortal cat. Uh, basically, there was a, a ship's cat dealing with rats that was on the Bismarck in World War Two. And if you know any history, you know the Royal Navy sunk the Bismarck and we plucked this cat out of the water when we were rescuing survivors. So the cat got wow. called Oscar and was put on Nazi um, cat. On, on the HMS Cossack Destroyer. Then a submarine sunk the, the, the Destroyer and the cat was rescued again and ended up <laughs> on HMS Ark Royal. And then the Ark Royal was sunk and the cat was rescued a third time, at which point everyone decided that it was cursed and I think they dropped the cat off either Malta <laughs> or um, oh my god, or they dropped it off at Jack. Um, you're spoiling the end of the movie. God, I don't know where, where's the. Uh, I think I think the cat ended up in Gibraltar because and they they banned it from ever being on a ship again. And I'm sure it knew it knew it was banned. As well, so the cat served on both sides in World War Two and then was banned from ever going to sea because every ship that it ever went on got sunk. <laughs> Damn traitor. To be fair, it was it was luminescent yellow, firing beams of light into the sky. Which help <laughs> Can you imagine like like you, you imagine the whole sort of going like, what secrets do you know? <laughs> secrets do you hold? It's being interrogated. <laughs> anyway, yes. So Lynx is is tasked by the Pope to travel around the world and defeat the sins and recapture them, and he's assisted by the now similarly immortal because of the probably something to do with the sphere breaking. I don't know. The similarly immortal Pat the Rat, who, as we say, is is of course called Pat. Patrick, he's Irish, played by Cillian Murphy. Yeah, Cillian Murphy I'm in a early performance um, before he was famous. Anyway, we see a montage of scenes set over the next 500 years or so, years or so, years or so, of the two defeating the first six sins, which includes like stopping greed, stealing the Mona Lisa, fighting gluttony in the sewers of London. Uh, this is really clever, this bit. Pride is defeated <laughs> by being pushed off the Empire State Building, proving that pride does come before a fall, or more accurately, a fall comes after pride. Wait, um, because they're cats, did it land on its feet? Uh, no, he died, I imagine. They could have landed on its feet and then its bones shattered. I haven't seen the movie. splinter it, like a being shot by a shotgun. I think underneath. they reach terminal velocity and they don't take anywhere near as much damage as you expect. Because terminal velocity for a cat is quite low, I seem to recall. There are cats that have fallen out of planes and survived. Yeah, because isn't it like 
if you if you drop a cat from like two stories, it dies. Three yeah. stories to like five, it's fine. And then above that, it's too much. No, there are cats that have fallen out of planes that have survived. Like definitely. Yeah, but there are humans who have fallen out of planes and survived. You make a good point, sir. <laughs> you make a good point, sir. Uh, listen, they clearly didn't take that into account when they're writing this movie. Um, during this time, Pat and Lynx actually become good friends. Um, anyway, finally, in the year 2001, they find Sloth, and he turns out to be Lynx's lazy past self. Together, Pat and Lynx destroy Sloth, and in doing so, learn the true meaning of friendship, and possibly Catholicism. The movie is unclear. That's the end. <laughs> there you go. Isn't it beautiful? What a, what a beautifully inspiring story of friendship against the odds. It's very powerful. It's moving. I I like to think so. Yeah, um, it's nice to find a movie that's like rather than because obviously the majority of these animated films come out of America, and that's when it tends to be with a Christian message, it tends to be quite Protestanty, because that's the yeah you know, the overwhelming majority of Christians in America. So it's nice to find a movie that does the opposite. That despises Protestantism right from its very <laughs> outset. Right from the start. God is about spending money. Remember, everybody. <laughs> Would you guys like to move on to the fourth movie, if you don't have anything else or any questions about that movie, uh, which is another animal-based movie? Dogs, God. Uh, it's not animated, though. No further questions. <laughs> you want to escape, <laughs> Right, let's escape into the the second to last movie, which I can guarantee you is one you're going to want to escape even faster. This movie stars Bob Saget as Carl, Lewis Black as Jimmy, Christina Applegate as Melissa, Monique as Vicky, and Samuel Jackson is the narrator. Let's get on. This winner of the Oscar for most likely to be a fake David movie begins in the icy clouds of wherever it is penguins live. Antarctica? Or anti-Antarctica? Arctica. One of those. As Samuel L. Jackson narrates, we zoom down to view a column of ant-sized penguins marching across the frozen wastes. No, no, sorry. We zoom further. They're, they're penguin-sized penguins and we're just far away. But they are marching. I did get that bit right. It's dubbing over stock footage time, guys. Um, so what we're seeing is a column of totally male penguins that are making their 70 mile trek to the breeding grounds where they can finally have sex. I imagine this gives us a glimpse into what the Oxford to London line will look like when lockdown ends. Oh, I know what this I is. Very, I was very <laughs> pleased with that joke. We get to enjoy, yeah, it could be fake. We get to enjoy in heavy, heavy quotation marks, the company of many penguins. And in particular, Carl and Jimmy, who discuss relationships, farts and food across the film. We also meet Marcus, a penguin who brags about his huge penis when, if he was going to be zoologically accurate, he should be bragging about his massive cloaca. And we meet Steve, a snowy owl and Freudian psychotherapist who bills by the hour. (laughs) It's a a bird pun, guys. It's funny because owls have bills. (laughs) Please, please please laugh. No, no, they don't. They do, they do. They do. Bill Bill and Beak, uh, you can swap them. Um, they're what? interchangeable. They're interchangeable. Um, <laughs> Mind blown. Um, anyway, we're almost finished with this one already. We also cut back and forth to the breeding grounds to see two uh, female penguins, Melissa and Vicky, rag on all the other penguins they hate. Oh, that's it. I've done you the movie. That's a movie. Any further questions, sir? What's the age rating Millard? on this? I, Eight, I know what 18. this is. I know what this is. <laughs> you don't want to give the game away. I'm, or you I'm might, you really might be sabotaging them. I'm just saying I know what it is. (laughs) 
So no, no further questions on on the Penguin Sex movie. Nope. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of blown away. I, I don't really know what to say. It's well, you, you don't you don't think you don't have any kind of expansive philosophical thoughts on the idea of dubbing over stock footage of penguins with sex jokes. I just think it's very moving. They did that. That's fair like, enough. Oh, it makes, you know, nature photography into something relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck David Attenborough. Yeah, Here we have too real. the horny penguins. Like <laughs> it would be like a sitcom. It would be like the worst parts of a sitcom. Absolutely. All of it. Right, should we, should we finish up with the final one? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. This stars George C. Scott as Lieutenant William F. Kinderman, Ed Flanders as Father Joseph Dyer, Brad Dreef as the Gemini Killer, and Samuel L. Jackson as Dream Blind Man, according to the credits, instead of Blind Dream Man, which you'd expect him to be. Whatever. We begin, as all stories inevitably do, sometime during or after a dark and stormy night. The year is 1990. Father Dyer and Lieutenant Kinderman reminisce about an exorcism that they performed 15 years ago, and their friend, Father Damien Karras. The next night, an evil entity brings a crucifix to life at a church. This seems to have no bearing or relevance on the rest of the film. Oh, good God. <laughs> we then see a dream which tells us far too subtly that someone is killing to mimic the manner of Karras's death. The next day, Lieutenant Kinderman is called to investigate a body and finds that it's dead, as expected. Also, that this death fits the modus operandi of a long dead serial killer. That might be less expected. He was executed 15 years ago. What a coincidence. Kinderman visits a psychiatric ward where the doctor introduces him to a violent amnesiac patient who claims to be this deceased serial killer, the Gemini killer. And shock horror... Who else is it than his old friend, Father Damien Karras, who he thought was dead? I'll tell you who else. It is the Gemini killer, who sometimes he shapeshifts into. Anyway, that night, a nurse is murdered, and the doctor then commits suicide. When Kinderman returns the next day, Karras morphs into the Gemini killer once again. He explains that he's being helped by a demon, the same one who was exorcised 15 years ago. It's all coming together, maybe. This is its revenge. It uses Karis's body as a conduit to let Gemini possess, and possess the other patients and use them to kill. Later, he uses an old woman to try and murder Kinderman's family, but is stopped when someone starts to exorcise him. But Just like Watch Dogs Legion. I've not played Watch Dogs Legion, but it doesn't sound much like Watch Well, it's just, you know, you just have a cause, you just randomly take over people's bodies, and you're just there like, ah oh, yes, to do this murder, I must be this person. Uh, let's go with yes. This is this is Watchdogs the movie, uh, <laughs> but Watchdogs prominently features demons. I think. Um, anyway, but the demon takes over Karis's body and then mutilates the priest that's come to exorcise him. Exorcise, not exercise. Uh, <laughs> keep running, priest. Keep running, keep running, brother. If you keep your heart rate above one hundred and twenty BPM, I won't cut you into pieces. It's like, speed. it's like it's like yeah, it's like speed or speed two. Um, <laughs> Kinderman goes to the hospital. Speed three, guys. Kinderman speed goes to the hospital on a bus. <laughs> uh, Kinderman goes to the hospital and fights the demon, and ultimately he manages. Oh, turning over my notes, he manages to shoot Karis, killing him and breaking the link. Everyone lives happily ever after, you know, except for all the dead, mutilated people. That's the end of the movie. 
So, those are the five movies. Just to briefly recap. Unless you wait, do you have any questions about that one? And probably many, but any prescient questions? Any of you? Uh, I just what like what what rating is this film? A fifteen or an eighteen? Okay, so it is like actually got mature themes yes. because it just seems like the way it's handling these things is just so absurd that it could just be a. I mean, it is you the know, 90s, you're just describing. So... <laughs> the, I'm just describing a, a loose with... series of events. Yeah, I do read a lot about serial killers. And do do a lot of serial killing. I'm, I'm Gemini. You got theory <laughs> and practical experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am the Gemini killer, guys. That's good to know. But the police don't listen to this podcast, as we established. Is the Gemini killer a like subgenre of Zodiac killer? <laughs> Very specific. Because that mean that there's like multiple Zodiac yeah, killers, yeah, yeah. and that's why they haven't caught him. I'm really scared of the Aquarius killer. <laughs> <laughs> the Leo Ted, killer's pretty wait, bold. By Zodiac killer, you mean but... Ted Cruz, don't you? Yeah, yeah, obviously Ted, Ted Cruz. Cruz. Well, yeah, yeah. maybe it's like Spectre and James Bond, and it's like a secret organization of <laughs> of, of serial of calendar Zodiac-based serial killers. Yeah, and Ted Cruz is all of them. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, Ted. Oh yeah, I should have said sorry. Gemini was played by Ted Cruz. Um, okay, good to know. No, okay, Jack, do you have any questions? That's the post-credit scene. Do you have any questions? Um, just many. Why, why did I agree to this? Many. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh God, I, I don't know. Okay. I can't, we... can't verbalise You can't verbalise your in... mind. My brain is kind of broken. Yeah, these are really... Yeah, this okay. one's the... They're what I think you've struggled because you've had to describe everything in such a, a loose way. No, no, so, no. That one wasn't loosely described. That's just No, I mean all is. of them in general. Like, it's, well, that one is that. famous actor. Oh no, that one is that. I didn't okay. cut any deep. That one is just that. Um, sh- okay, shall I um, recap them and then you guys can say what you think? Yeah. So we've got uh, one eye. Jimmy is missing. We've got uh, fast, fast, fast snail, snail, Mister Snail, fast. Um, we've got Catholic cat fighting the Seven Deadly Sins movie. We've got penguin sex movie, and we've got what, what um, character was Samuel weird Jackson in, in Catholic killer. Cat again? He was the well, cat. Samuel Jackson, the cat. Okay. He was the main oh, character. Lord. I know. Um, the last one was Gemini, uh, Gemini Killer Possession Demon movie that just seems to not even hold itself together as a movie. <laughs> um, so, do you guys you guys have some strong feelings about which one is uh, which one to real I and think fake? I know which one is fake. Right. Do you guys want to want to go? Which what Fraser? Which one do you think is fake? I think the Catholic cat is the fake one. I think the Catholic cat is the fake one. I I agree with Fraser. I think the Catholic cat film is one that I would happily watch if it were real. Um, mm. Because it just sounds so fucking... I know it sounds pretty brilliant um, in its... Uh, I just think... I love how it follows the entire Western canon of... <laughs> uh, like just, I like the idea that there is a cat that just was part of all of... Pretty much all of Western history... Um, just because it was in the splash radius of some some <laughs> Jesus some, some 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 guy some, who got, got of crucified, God you know. If it was any other guy who got crucified, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, nor am I, but... I'm not Christian, nor am I religious. But I would say I don't think Jesus is just some guy who got crucified. You know, the cat only <laughs> saw that. Fair. The cat didn't believe in the religious values of the Jesus. The cat was a fucking cat. That's true. I have to agree with the others on this one. 
because uh, honestly, your historic knowledge, uh, you would have enjoyed writing that like that script too much. And also because I have this rule in this game where if the movie synopsis is just too boring, it's probably real. And that was <laughs> anything but boring. Okay, well, should I go through them then? Yep. Oh, either it's going to be a boatload of points for me or a boatload of points for you guys. <laughs> so number number one is uh, a 1994 movie called The Search for One-Eye Jimmy. Told you. It's real, <laughs> that I really want to see. Uh, number two, as you guys all correctly sussed out, is the I think it's 2013 Turbo. movie Turbo. Yes, it is real. Number three, uh, The Cat That Came Back is, and I am so annoyed. Yes, <laughs> it is the movie I made up. Yes, I loved writing it. It's the most insane thing, and I legitimately think it would be absolutely it's, amazing. Bad it's movie also to because watch. you're obsessed is... with The Spear of Destiny. I do like, like The Spear of Destiny. Yes. You've, you've brought it up at least 12 times. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah in, I like it. In the time it's we've a, been it's friends. Concept. And so, um, As a Cat yeah, of Destiny also, sounds pretty great. A Cat of Destiny. And yeah, I just. You know, it's just so weird, and I love the idea. I, I, I've just a kind of single being living throughout historical events, just because it's so old. Um, yeah, and also it's obviously sounds pretty bad, but yeah, and I, I, yeah, I, I just to be honest, the main thing that I thought about it was the idea of casting Patrick Warburton, Joe from Family Guy, as Thomas Cromwell. <laughs> Such an insane idea, <laughs> meaningless and pointless, <laughs> and just mad. Uh, but yes, that one is fake. Uh, number four. The Penguin Sex Movie is a movie called Fast of the Penguins. Fraser, have you seen this? It was advertised. Uh, of, like, Fuck me that you'd heard of this. This is the reason I did the episode, because I read about this. I was like, that is one worst thing. The I've, fucking I've poster for it is, it is absolutely horrible. Fuck <laughs> me. I've got some facts about it. But yeah, no. Um, and number three. So you guys, number five, you guys have no idea what this is. This is... The Exorcist Free. Yep, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> Did you? Oh, fucking hell, Face is absolutely storming it with his movie knowledge today. Yeah, The Exorcist Free. Um, that 15 years ago is the ex- the actual Exorcist. The Exorcist Free, nowhere near as bad as The Exorcist 2, apparently. And Finn, when you said Watch Dogs Legion, I thought you might know what this movie is, because this movie was also called The Exorcist Free Legion, which is a total coincidence. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's... that's... Wow. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? Um... <laughs> Yeah, they basically wanted to distance themselves from Exorcist 2, however possibly they could, because uh, the Exorcist 2 is, like, properly bad, and this one is is bad, but nowhere near as bad as that. Um, yeah, I mean, they had to add, like, I won't get into it, but they, it's it's the Exorcist 3 by virtue of studio, not by virtue of the initial writing of, of this horror movie. Anyway, now that you guys know, and that means that you all get a point, um, Let's. Ooh. I've got a secret surprise for the end, but... Uh, I'll let you guys say if you guys have anything to say say that and then we'll go into the facts do you guys have anything you want to say now that the answers have been revealed told you so that's all I gotta say <laughs> you did Fraser and you probably helped them get points you really just sabotaged me and yourself <laughs> and so I hope you feel good about yourself I I just I just love the yeah I definitely think the casting of that you had for your your fake film was wonderful. Um, I nearly thought the fake I, this one was is why real. I want to watch it because because Sandra Jackson's but... like filmography is so extensive that for a second I actually thought the cat movie was real. Also, I well, I one thing I thought would help you realize that it was fake was the fact that I used the seven deadly sins being stuck in a sphere as a plot point, which is of course from Shazam. 
Yeah, which I love. That is which my favorite seen. superhero movie. Oh, it's am- I knew you guys had seen it. It is amazing. But, I saw it, um, I saw it when it came out in theaters. It's so lovely. It just makes it's you really feel good. Warm. It makes you feel warm inside in every way you can. Um, it's basically big, but with superheroes. Yeah, it is. It's superhero big, and it is great. Um, but yeah, Seven Deadly Sins are the main villain in that. Right. So, you ready for the facts about the search for One Eye Jimmy? Go for it. So, I really want to. This is this is a kind of fact. I super super want to watch this film. Uh, I looked into it. It seems like it's not on streaming in the UK, and it's also not been released on DVD in the UK, which is really annoying, because I would watch this. It sounds really fun. Like, I like just loads of goofy characters, uh, little scenes like that. So I would I would love to watch this movie, like, genuinely. But it stars all three of the Turturros, uh, John, Nick, and Ada. Uh, these are actors are basically people that have been in things you've seen, even if you've not heard of them. Um, I think it might be Turturro, actually, but yeah. The IMDb trivia has the most boring piece of trivia that I've ever read in my entire life. And so I thought I'd subject all of you to it. Um, Holt McCallany and John Turturro appeared on Monk 2002, Season 2, Episode 11. Mr. Monk and the Three Pies. That's the whole trivia. It, it literally took some of my life force, that piece of trivia. It's so boring. Uh, the Goinus Canal, which is where Samuel Jackson's uh, fishing is a big thing. As in, it is large in size. But it's also quite famous. So the full quote from Wikipedia that I was referencing is by the 1990s, it was recognised as one of the most polluted bodies of water in the United States. Owing to pollution with high ratios of faecal coliforms, deadly proportions of pathogens, and a low concentration of oxygen, it is generally seen as incompatible with marine life. So that's nice. Uh, There's actually a section in its Wikipedia page, and this is insane, entitled New Forms of Life. Um, and it's really interesting. It's basically so polluted that it seems to have uh, basically stimulated the evolution of new microbial species. Um, and like a cooperative biofilm, um, which is a sort of thing where lots of microbes kind of secrete a, a matrix that they live on, um, composed of bacteria and protozoa, sort of cooperating together to survive this insane pollution. So that's really cool. And I guess the people who live around Brooklyn area, New York, probably know what the Goinness Canal know that it's like absolutely full of shit. But obviously I'd never heard of it. So that's pretty cool. That's some cool science stuff with David. I always like to do a bit of science stuff. Um, that's my facts for One Eye Jimmy. It's not, you know, there's not much on any of these films particularly. Um, uh, so Turbo, right? Facts on that. I know you guys, you guys were all joking, right, about Fast and the Furious, yeah? Well, yeah, because one of the Fast and Furious actors is in Turbo. It's, yeah, um... but you, you were all saying it's a bit like Fast and Furious with snails. I hate to break it to you, but uh, that is the that was the pitch. <laughs> that was that was literally the pitch. Dave, director David Soren came up with the idea as part of a DreamWorks competition for one-page pitches. The night before the deadline, he came up with the idea, Fast and the Furious, but with snails. And he won. Here's a quote from David Soren, right? The director. For me, I'm going to do a terrible American accent for it, even though I think he was actually Canadian, but whatever. For me, it was less about trying Ryan to make it... A... Canadian. Well, I would give it to you to read, Fraser. But I'm not going to do that. So, um, you know, I, I fuck using the actual Canadian we have available. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it was less about trying to make a racing movie and more about trying to find an underdog that I could really latch onto. Which is, I wonder if that's a pun because snails latch onto things. <laughs> Probably isn't. Um, I think that a snail is inherently an underdog. It's smashed. It's eaten by people. The butt of slow jokes all around the world. It just seems loaded with obstacles. Obviously, this is this is my favorite bit. Obviously, the opposite of slow is fast. 
<laughs> and that's where racing came into the picture. It's so good. Obviously, the opposite of slow is fast. God, David, you are the philosophical genius of our time, aren't you? The intelligence you? of the writing. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun children's movie. I think that's tended to be the, the, the consensus. Um, but yeah. Also, Snoop Dogg composed an original track for the film called Let the Bass Go, uh, which was played over the credits, but nowhere else in the film for I could find. That's all the way with those really. things. Yeah. But still, Snoop Dogg got to be in the movie. He's actually quite a good actor, Snoop Dogg, isn't he? Um, he's alright, yeah. Good, yeah, he's a good performer. He's cu- I've got his cookbook. Uh, he, he's he's a very good chef. He is a very good chef. He loves... I mean, he's, he's friends with the... Oh, Martha Stewart. Yeah, he's really good friends with Martha Yeah, she's Stewart. in the book. It's great. It's amazing. I remember he wants an interview where it's like, I really want to be on Coronation Street, <laughs> which is amazing, because um, apparently he really likes it. Um, such, an, uh, such a strange guy, Snoop Dogg. I love reading about him. Um, he's cousin it as well, isn't he? In the recent Adam Family animated movie. Yeah, apparently he's uh, not the best film though. Sadly, no. But Snoop Dogg, but cousin it's walking about with like a like a like a pimp hat and stuff. And oh man, I need to see that. That seems kind of uh... it's so good. For the cat movie, I had written that Samuel Jackson needed to be blackmailed to be in this movie, uh, which obviously he would have. I initially. Blackmail. Fact, how do you blackmail Samuel Jackson? To be fair, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Have yeah, you seen I his filmography? I... He basically does everything and anything. He's one of those kinds of actors. Nah, I, he, I think I really do think his filmography is really strong. Actually, though, like I, I struggled to find movies I thought sounded bad. Like as far as I could tell, he basically does quite good stuff mostly. But also, I, you agree with Jack? Like, I think what Jack's getting at is how would you possibly? How? Why would he care? He's Samuel Jackson. He's yeah. like. You know, what's he? He's, he just shrug at you. He's like, he's probably bulletproof. Hmm. No, he just has a deflective shield. We saw that in Pop Fiction. This is true. Just go around him. It's the power of God. Um, yeah. Uh, I have to say, in like Kingsman, it does feel a little bit like of all the characters, he's the one who's like, this film is going to be a bit crap. And <laughs> his performance feels like he didn't feel like he needed to try very hard. In it, like, and he's all right. I, in it, but I, I do like think that. he's he's it's one of his weaker performances, even though the character is very interesting I, and like I, funny. I, I agree with that. I kind of also feel that like the, maybe that's partly because of how laid back that character is that it kind of comes off as perhaps him not trying very yeah, hard. Yeah, I haven't really thought about that, but yeah, he doesn't really put that much effort into the Kingsman. No, and like if I think he thought, oh, this is going to be like a shit James Bond parody. Yeah, he probably thought, yeah, and then it turned out to be a really good movie. <laughs> Yeah, and it turned out to be better than a lot of the more recent James Bonds. But it did avoid the uh, uh, Jack Nicholson issue, which is when the the villain is acted so well that it overshines uh, the rest of the movie. So they did, it avoided that, and it actually let um, you know the re- you know um, Taron Egerton and um, Colin Firth were able to get really good performances because of it. You know what I mean? That there are, there are certain actors whereby even if they are yeah, like, yeah, even yeah. if their screen time in a movie is like less yeah. than ten percent, they it becomes they can still it becomes their movie. Because so, they're so um, good in it. There are movies where you really don't want that kind of yeah, actor to be that. overacting because yeah. it's not and, about them. And the cat that came back is one of those movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of those Jesus movies where... steals the show. Jesus yeah. steals. I hadn't even cast anyone as Jesus. I think I'll, I'll voice Jesus. Is it going to be like Ben Hur and you only ever, ever get to see the back of his head? Yeah, you definitely <laughs> wouldn't be seeing Jesus properly. I wonder who played the Pope. Um. I don't know. Uh, Let's just like, get. Um, I can do the Pope as I well. Forgot, I forgot Jesus is in. Is in who played? Get... Who played Mario in the Mario Brothers movie? 
Uh, I was just going to say you could get Anthony him. Hopkins because he already played the Pope. To great acclaim. To great acclaim, yeah. What about just get, um, him, just get him typecast as the Pope? Anthony Hopkins barely does anything anymore unless you throw a huge amount of money at him like they did for Transformers 5. He could afford to. <laughs> yeah, he was in that. Poor Anthony Hopkins. Uh, not poor. He, he accepted the fucking contract. He, he knew what he was doing. Um, right. I'm sure he's brilliant in Transformers compared to everything else in that film. I don't think you can say. Is this wait, Jack? You were talking about these movies where one actor steals the screen presence when he does. Yes. He, he he does not steal the screen presence <laughs> in that movie. Um, like something tells you know something tells me that um, amid that much CGI carnage, having CGI one carnage. incredibly good actor who who really could not care less to be there yeah. is not stealing anything. Michael Bay is CGI carnage coming this summer. Michael Bay is. Yeah, is. Like, um, I, <laughs> just about the cat that came back there, the, sort of my thinking on it was an action-y kind of wider-scaled version of Davy and Goliath, which is that kind of claymation show in the US with like a dog, a big dog and a boy. And it's, it's a Christian show, but actually it's quite like open and sensitive and like they talk about other religions and like getting along and stuff like there's that, like they, they have in recent years, like storylines with like Muslim characters and Jewish characters um, so I was kind of, I wanted it to be that, but I also removed all the sensitivity because I'm lazy um, and it's not real. So I don't have to have any responsibility to write something actually, actually good and nice. Um, instead, I can write something terrible about a cat. Uh, so I did. Um, yeah, but that's, 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 that was kind of my thinking was to look at the kind of nicer, nicer better, side of those Christian animals. Better heavily like, Christian like not vegetables, something like yeah. Because David Goliath, I was reading a couple of things about it, and he does seem pretty, pretty good actually, and pretty nice, uh, which is good. I like that. That makes me happy. Um, the last thing on Cat that came back, uh, Tardosaurus, who I said was Lynx's image, is of course. Do you know who Tardosaurus is? No, it's the real name of Grumpy Cat. Oh. Um, so the sallow Did moggy Grumpy and- Cat die. The Salo Moggy yes. internet sensation who died in 2019 from a UTI and also probably from being, you know, a seven-year-old cat. Um, Seven's not, not that old not, for a cat. It's not that old, but it's old enough to be getting on. Um, like they can live to usually about 12 years, I think. Yeah, I some that's, cats I'd say that's an uncharacteristically had a young death. Cat? That's not like natural causes. That's, oh, okay. He was think, ill. You think he might have been murdered? Well, no, I think they, I don't know. He just <laughs> they, the didn't, they didn't manage to get him to the vet in time. <laughs> They claimed a lot. No, no, I think it was Unsinkable a scam. died at least age 16. I think Grumpy Cat was a life insurance scam. <laughs> and I'm happy to say it. <laughs> I was sued into the ground. I have absolutely no evidence that Grumpy Cat was murdered in a life insurance scam. I will but that it. doesn't stop me I mean, from I knowing it. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it in my heart, but I, I don't. I definitely don't have any legal proof of that. Um, and therefore, I won't accuse them of it. I, 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 Renee, you know, that's this is for purposes of satire, grumpy cat lawyers. Would you guys like to know some stuff about the Sex Penguin movie? More than yeah. anything? I hope so. Let's, let's, let's Fast, <laughs> Fast of the Penguins. So, I like this fact. The entire cast of the sitcom Full House, bar three people, appears in the movie, <laughs> which is pretty great. Um, it has Laurie Loughlin in it as Melvin Sp- Smacking Penguin. Now, I don't know what that means, but what I do know is that in 2019, Laurie Loughlin was charged with fraud and bribery within a US-wide college entrance exam cheating scandal that I'm sure you guys have heard about. She is the famous actress 
that's that's at the centre of this scandal. Have you guys heard this? I feel like you must have. It's big news. No. No. Okay. Fine. Whatever. No. Only I'm keeping up with US news properly. Then. Yeah, she's going to prison. I think. Uh, well, actually, she served her time. I think. Um, she she basically, as far as I understand it. They were like kind of bright, rich people bribing for college admissions. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't, very I didn't much hear without what you said originally. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've yeah, yeah, I'm fully aware. Very of much that. without their kids' knowledge a lot of the time. So um, her daughter definitely. Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, to be fair, it's it the, the the real crime of it is the fact that universities are getting away with taking bribes without literally a single issue, um, because they are, their whole structure allows this to happen. Do you guys want to hear? Some other penguins in the movie. So, is this literally uh, like the opposite of Creature Comforts? Because Creature Comforts is like normal interviews with fake animals over it. This is fake script with normal no, animals over it's it. It's March of the Penguins, but sex. Okay. But it wasn't Creature Comforts Ardman. Didn't they do it? There was yeah, an Ardman. Ardman version of that. Yeah, but Ardman's that was... it's claymation, isn't it? Yeah. 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 No, this is, this, is, this is actual March of the Penguins. Oh, yeah, no, I'm footage. saying it's the it's opposite, though. Because Creature Comforts is interviews with normal people with claymation over it which is like the fake aspect and whereas this is right. real real footage of animals with yeah. fake narration over it and yeah. it's much less funny it does sound it um and it did, did doesn't review well um Fraser, i miss creature comforts yeah. creature comforts are great you 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 so you haven't just confirmed you have not seen this film just to check you can just keep going on the podcast i was too young to uh to watch it you're that. allowed to keep you're allowed to stay <laughs> um, okay, so some of the other penguins in this movie, right? Jim Belushi as They Are All Bitches Penguin. Dave Coulier as There's No Snow Penguin, which is a great, great position to have in Antarctica. John Stamos as What's Global Warming Penguin. It's John Stamos. Yeah, oh, John, oh, sorry. John Stamos as What's Global Warming Penguin. How's that What's Global Warming Penguin is such a brilliant character. <laughs> okay. I know, oh, he's inspiring. Uh, John Lovitz as my eyes are up here, Penguin. Uh, bird actor extraordinaire Gilbert Gottfried as I'm freezing my nuts off, Penguin. And Brie Larson in an early performance as I need a Z-Pack, Penguin. Now, a Z-Pack seems to refer to the antibiotic azithromycin, uh, so no idea what that's about. This was, though, Why does first... Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson always end up on the same movie? Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, this, is the, first, really this well. is the first one. This is the first one of five films to feature Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson. But as you're saying, they are they know each other well and they're, they're good friends. I do have my suspicions. This Penguin sex movie, where Samuel Jackson only narrated and she voiced a brief appearance of a penguin, probably wasn't where they first met. Just going to make a guess. I'm gonna, but they I'm, didn't I have will studio assume that time. too. Yeah. Um, I just, 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 just a little guess. Um... I, I actually have... Do you want to hear a quote? A couple of quotes from the movie just so you can understand how, how good this movie is. Sure. You ready, guys? we're getting them either way. Yep. So, Jimmy. You know, I'm so full right now. If I farted, a minnow would pop out of my ass. I'd probably eat it, too. 100% of people found that interesting, according to IMDb. Um, okay, okay. Uh, no. Can you, can you say you didn't find it interesting one. to break that curse? Of- I did find it interesting, so now it's two out of two. Um, oh, um, it's two hundred percent. Sample size of one before you arrive. Sample size of one. Yeah. Um, there's another quote. Um, this is in the the breeding grounds. Uh, two of the female penguins. Melissa, I'm tired. I'm not going to try and do the voice again. <laughs> Melissa, I'm tired of the club scene. And then Vicky, so are the baby seals. Oh no. God. Uh, I can tell why this film has a four out of ten. 
Have you Googled this film it? This sounds horrific. Yeah, it's not, I have yeah. now looked it up. Yes. Yeah, it's not It's not good. And look at the poster for it, Jack. I've, I've seen the poster. Yeah, it's a penguin in BDSM kit, basically. It's just, it just sounds <laughs> dreadful. And basically, my understanding was, if Samuel Jackson could be convinced to do this, and I, um, then he could do the cat that came back, which is a better, I'm going to say it, that shit movie I made up is a better movie than Definitely. this real movie. Um, it at least it at least has heart, my movie. Uh, this just has penises. Um, okay, you guys ready for facts about the Exorcism Three? Yeah. Right. So, yep, third in the Exorcism franchise, and that Exorcism fifteen years ago was the Exorcism of Reagan McNeil from the original. It's a shame it wasn't Exorcism of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> the Exorcism of Ronald Reagan. My friend linked me to a movie last night uh, that's called The Tony Blair Witch Project. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, which is, is also it's still set in America. It's not not set in like the same place. It's not like set in like Berkshire or somewhere. Um, it's really good. Um, oh my god! We should watch it. Um, it's not good. It's got like a two out of ten. Um, the final third of this movie, The Exorcism, not the not the Tony Blair Witch, <laughs> Tony Blair Witch Project, was shot on the was reshot on orders of the studio, adding in basically links to the first film and the, and the exorcism scene, which wasn't in the original movie, and it cost in total that exorcism scene alone an extra four million dollars to make. It's a lot of just, expensive holy water. They, they, they decided it had to be. I don't holy water. They they all had to wear those 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 first shoes that Lil Nas X. No, not Lil Nas X. Um, the company that's doing the mischief made that were holy Jesus shoes. As opposed the, to the, the Lil shoes. Nas X devil shoes. Yeah, those are the ones that have like human blood. In yeah, they got so a they human, human blood, blood in them. But before that, they did one that was that was like white and gold, and that had that had holy water in them. Nice, nice. Little that is the other, so stupid. Um, couldn't couldn't oh, they yeah. just dip them in the water at uh, Lords at the Fountain of Lords? Uh, well, they could. Like, do, do an Achilles. Everybody, bring the shoes in. Dip, dip, dip. Okay, we're going out. <laughs> I feel like that the people who have that fountain probably don't want people just dipping like six hundred. Uh, actually, else, I assume there weren't six hundred and sixty-six pairs of the Jesus trainers made. No, probably no, 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 probably a more Christian number. I don't know what a nice number would be. Uh, three. Twelve for the Trinity, twelve for the Apostles. Is that excluding <laughs> twelve? Jesus? Is three? 12 is they made biblical. three individual shoes. They were like, "This is yeah. it." <laughs> twelve is biblical all the way through. Okay, um, but the, the, isn't it twelve Apostles plus Judas? Right? No, no. he was one of the twelve. Ah, uh, you don't want that. It wouldn't be much of a betrayal if he was just an outside. He's like, oh, the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, basically, it has nothing to do with the original, but the studio got involved and forced loads of changes, so, you know, a tale as old as time, basically. Um, in the movie, the Father Dyer is addicted to lemon drops. That's like a plot point. Um, okay. And as I said, it's actually okay. It's got 6.4 on IMDb, which is yeah, better than you'd expect. Uh, and Although, there was someone who really, really, really liked it. And this is dark, and so if people want to skip ahead like a minute or two to an extra bonus thing I'm going to do, they can. Because this is pretty dark. Uh, yeah, so content warning, yeah, because this is super grim and distasteful. But uh, it's by far the most interesting thing about this movie. So, as I said, someone really liked it. And that person was serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. This was his favourite film. <laughs> he used to show what? the movie to his victims. And the clips were actually clips of the film were shown at his trial. 
Um, and unsurprisingly, I wonder if you can guess which character he identified as. Oh, it was the Gemini killer. Um, and he actually used to wear yellow contact lenses to appear more like him. And his other favourite movie character, who was, yes, genuinely Emperor Palpatine. Hmm. This guy's such a fucking normie. <laughs> like, like, what, this, like what I don't know. Just... Is, like, don't, don't present this argument to any any boomers that are like, oh, video games and violent movies cause people to become serial killers. I mean, they probably do that if you've already got deep, deep-seated psychoses that's been ignored by society. Well, that means they don't cause it. No, just uh... along. I don't think the exorcist helped, but I also don't think he would have been absolutely chill. He wouldn't have been working at like a co-op. He would have had a very nice life, free. and all his yeah. victims would have lived <laughs> long, difference... fruitful existences if it weren't for Samuel Jackson. Yeah, the difference between the timelines was not that the Exorcist Three was released. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, but yeah, pretty pretty dark, but uh, but genuinely interesting. Um, I, I think he liked the Emperor. That's such a he dumb. Like the that's such a dumb thing to say. It's like, <laughs> oh, you know what? I relate to in Indiana Jones. The Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, to be fair, I would say it's worse for him to go. Do you know who I relate to in this movie? The serial killer. The serial when he's on killer. Trial, yeah. On trial for being a serial killer. Um, but let's let's move on to something nice because you see, usually that'd be the end, but not now because it's do 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 secret bonus film time. So this one, guys, is separate. Okay, it's either real or fake. You all have one guess each. Okay. Uh, you buzz in Do by you saying your to, name. Do you want us to like write the guess down so that we can't no, just no, no. change it? No, you buzz in. You buzz in to say your name, right? Okay. This is a risk reward thing. Um, basically, if you think it's real, you also need to guess its name. If you don't think it's real, you can have a go at guessing what I might have named it, but that's fine. Uh, the first person to guess which it is, I will buy them a pint next time we meet in person. And um, you are allowed to interrupt, but you like I said, you have to buzz in say your name. But there is a risk reward thing here. You shouldn't do it until you really know. And I know you guys haven't agreed to this, but I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. If you get it wrong, you have to buy me a pint. Okay, well, I already owe you well. one. Yeah, I think we owe each other one because we couldn't remember the bet. Okay, so they're all sound like right? Yeah, are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Fraser, you ready? Okay. So remember, you, say your, you have to say your name to buzz in. Okay. A breakaway group led by an evil space monk threatens to destroy the democratic state. We follow Senator Four Love and Thunder as she travels to vote on the creation of a protective army. Boom! Jack Finn. Finn. Jack. Jack. Jack said it first. Jack. Oh. Finn. It's got. If it's. It's got to be Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Jack, where's a pint for me? Ah. Um, no, yeah, you mean I've just... removed my debt? Is what I've done. No, we already agreed to buy each other a pint, so I'll just buy you. I'll just buy you two. Um, yes, it is. I'm going to finish this this description of it because I was going to do Attack of the Clones. Then I thought, if Turbo's obvious. Attack of the Clones is going to be really fucking obvious, isn't it? It will be. I knew it was Star Wars, and it's, well, I was waiting to be able to tell which specific one, because the f- episode one and episode two are very similar first, like, half hours. Is he even in episode one? I think he's in episode yeah, two. He's, yeah, he's, he's in episode in one. He's, in episode he's got okay. a cameo in it, but he's got an expanded role in episode two. Um, which I don't know, because I've researched that. It's not even a cameo. Um, he has plenty of lines in episode one. Doesn't he? Yeah. Okay, I read it as he wasn't in it very much. Okay, I, well, I, my understanding was he's in two and three, and he's quite big in two. Oh, he's not in three. Yeah, he, was in, he was in all the prequels, but his role just kind of... I just want to say, I was going to say episode two. Of course two. he's in three. Oh, good. Um, 
Yeah, I know. So I knew you were. I knew you both got it at the same time. But she buzzed first, but forgot the rules. Yeah, I know. I, I made you do the rules because when I do quizzes with my friends, they make us say our names. I always do what Finn does, so I've decided to subject it to you guys as well. Oh, um, fuck your friends, I, David. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, yeah, and it was you guys all along. <laughs> um, no, so I'll, I will finish. I'll finish it. See what you guys think of my description of this movie I've never seen. So she travels to vote on the creation of a protective army, but she's nearly assassinated. She's then placed under the protection of good guy monks, Beardman and Rage Child. And if you can guess which is which. They stop a second assassination, then travel to a new planet to find the orchestrator. I think of all the bloody words I had to use to avoid saying Count Dooku. Um, there, Manchild who hates silicates and Senator Four fall in love. <laughs> Fucking hell. On another planet, Beardman finds the cloned army already under production, but also finds the bounty hunter again. I mean, at this point, you've given up. At this point, if we hadn't got it, you were like... Shock horror. Well, yeah, the names get more and more obvious to go. (laughs) You have the clone army and bounty hunter. Yeah, I know. But it's hard to write. It's hard. Headhunter. Okay, that's fair. Man who looks for people for money. (laughs) The finderer. Uh, The finderer. Uh, With uh, a doppelganger planet. There we go. Um, it's also it's just, this is that movie I made up the pharma- pharmacy movie from the last oh episode. Um, at the same time, Mister Sand gets a bad feeling about his mother and heads back to his home planet of just a big desert to see her. There, he finds out that the anti-Semitic stereotype who owned her as a slave. Oh yeah, by the way, there's slavery in this movie in this universe. Who knew? Has sold her on. She's since been captured by raiders for whom I could not be bothered to write funny names, but that's <laughs> fine because Mister Small Particles of Rock kills all of them, so they'll never be mentioned again. <laughs> basically uh, I was like oh I have to write names for them and I read the next slide it was like Anakin murders all of them and I was like oh cool I don't uh, Beard Monk tracks down the bounty hunter and finds Evil Monk <laughs> but gets captured Evil Monk tries to convince him to join with him and overthrow his master Lord soon to be the Senate is that actually what happens when well, I massively misunderstood the synopsis um, no pretty close okay Beardy refuses we then cut and see a dumb slug man vote to make Lord soon to be Lord the current Senate <laughs> Um, the senator, otherwise known as Doctor of Physics Jane Foster, uh, and the it's amazing because the only role I know that Natalie Portman's done is Jane Foster, and so I just every single joke I made is about her being <laughs> Jane Foster. And the I hate sand wonder arrive to rescue Beardy Weirdy, but are captured too. But don't worry, a diminutive dyslexic swamp monster, a penis-headed man, and Samuel L. Jackson show up to save them. Um, evil Gandalf escapes and passes plans for a super weapon to Mister Currently the Senate. At the end. Former Jake Lloyd marries Natalie Portman, witnessed only by two droids, Trash Can and Golden Jacob Rees-Mogg. <laughs> yeah. I was, I've mainly read that because I was so pleased with my description. Of it's CPU, good. It's a good description. Golden Jacob Rees-Mogg. Right. So that was another episode of Fake from Film. I hope you all enjoyed it. I certainly did, although I obviously did lose some points. Uh, it's now, I believe, what will it be? Jack's on one point. I'm on one point. I'm on the scorecard. <laughs> Yes, you're on the scorecard now, and then you're equal with me, yay. And then Fraser and Finn are both on two points. Um, I yes. don't want anyone to draw because yeah. I don't want to have to buy even more pints because currently the status is now that Jack has to buy me a pint, but I also have to buy Jack a pint, and then I also have to buy Jack another pint for being the first person to get that it was Star Wars. Um, I I, I'm not made of pints. My blood alcohol level is high, but not that high. But yeah, so that that's it. So, you know, next episode will be Inglorious Bastards. Oh, very, yeah. very exciting. I'm um, really looking forward to this one. Me too. Uh, yeah, so from all of us, you know, goodbye. See you Bye. next time. Bye. Bye.